We are learning Daf Tzadi <coughs> We're starting from the bottom of Daf Tzadi Amid Beis, where the Gemara says Amar Papa. So we're beginning a new Shaila in the Gemara, but obviously it's going to be related to the discussion in the Mishnah. So let's just go over what the Mishnah was talking about. The Mishnah was talking about a married woman who originally was Neman to say one of three claims. She was Neman to say that she was um, defiled as a married woman and that she became also to her husband. She was never to say her husband was impotent and incapable of, of impregnating her. And she was also uh, had the capability of making a nether that she was going to be also to have uh, the pleasure of relations. In all three of these cases, the halacha was her husband would be compelled to divorce her and she would still be allowed to get the ksuba. In other words, we believe what she was saying. However, then the Rabbanon saw that there was a suspicion that women were lying on purpose just to get out of their uh, relationships and, for, and to compel the divorce. So therefore they said that the woman ends up not being Nama. So the Gemara begins in Nushayla. Amar Papa, Baldeklon, Rabba, Rabba asks us the question, what's the halacha, the wife of a Kohen who was raped? So a little bit of background, a regular um, woman who commits adultery, when she does it willingly, she becomes Asr on her husband. When she is raped, she's not Asr on her husband. However, the Torah indicates that's only for Ashish Yisrael. For an Ashish Kohen, even if she was raped, it wasn't her fault, she becomes Asr to her husband. So in this case of an Ashish Kohen, the married wife who's married to a Kohen, and she's raped and now she's becoming Asr, Yish Loksuba, In Loksuba. Does she have the right to get Aksuba on her way out? The husband's going to be compelled to divorce her. Does she get Aksuba or not? What's the Tzad? Kiva the is the Gabi Kohen, Kirat on the Gabi Yisrael Dami. On the one hand, we know <coughs> that when Aisha's Israel is getting divorced because she became Asr to her husband, when she did it willingly, she doesn't get Aksuba because since she now is Asr to her husband, a woman who becomes Asr to her husband doesn't get Aksuba on the way out. So perhaps we should say the wife of the Kohen is becoming Asr to her husband. So when she's being divorced on her way out, she shouldn't get Aksuba. And therefore, she loses her rights. I'm good as a wife, meaning... It's not me that's the issue. If I was married to a different person, if I was married to Yisrael and I was raped, I'd be mutter. What's the issue? It's you. On the top of the Aleph, the Gemara says the Svara is that it's because you, you're the Kohen, your field became flooded. Meaning to say it's your din, it's a din in your being a Kohen that causes me to be Asr. The rape itself to a married woman doesn't answer her. It's the being with the Kohen which is the issue. So therefore, since it's not my issue, so to speak, it's the issue of the husband, she's still entitled to the Ksuba. So again, the halacha clearly is that when she's raped, she's also to her husband, the Kohen. But the shaila is, does she get the Ksuba or not? So from Amin Leira, Papa said to Rafa, we could tell from our Mishnah, what was the original case? The woman who said to her husband that I became Tami, I became defiled, I'm also to you. The halacha is he divorces her, but she still has the right to the Ksuba. Again, originally she was never to say that she'd become defiled. And then on her way out, she would still get the ksuba. Again, eventually, Chazal said, don't believe her at all. But with the original halacha, she would be neman and she'd get the ksuba. So, but Mayas, you know, what's the case? Ilema Beishis Yisrael, if the case is with an Ashes Yisrael, so what's she admitting to? Iber Ratzon, if she's saying that she did adultery willingly, would she get a ksuba? Of course not. If she's saying that she, she herself is the reason why the marriage is ending, she willingly has nose, of course she shouldn't get the ksuba. Iba Ones, and if she's saying that she was raped, become Asr al Gavar, why is she becoming Asr to her husband? Why does she have to get the divorce? Even if she's right that she was raped, that doesn't necessitate a divorce if she's married to Yisrael. We have to see we're dealing with a Kohen's wife. And now again, if she's saying that she did it willingly, obviously she wouldn't get the Ksuba. If it was her own desire that got the better of her, then clearly she doesn't have the right to the Ksuba. Certainly, she shouldn't be any less responsible, any less guilty than her Ashish Yisrael 
<coughs> willing woman was mezana. Of course, she doesn't get a ksuba. La vones, the case has to be that she's saying she was raped. We believe her that she was raped. She's also Terakoin husband, and yet on her way out, she's deserving of the ksuba. So we have a ride that Aisha's coin who was raped still gets the ksuba. And again, the lumdas is it's a din. In the coin, it's not her fault, it's the fault of her husband. So, therefore, even though the, to- the din is that the Asia's coin is also to her husband, but she still has the right to exuba. Okay, so now we move forward. So, again, it used to be that a woman was nema to say that she was raped and became also to her husband, but then <coughs> she lost that namanus once people just started, started using that as a tactic to get out of a relationship. So the Gemara declares, Let's say you have a married woman, and she goes over to her husband, and she says, you have divorced me. She makes in a claim, a very brazen claim, that she's been divorced. I, where's her get? She claims that she lost the get. So the question is, she has no proof that she was divorced. Could we believe her? And therefore, she's mutter to go and marry somebody else, or not. She has no right, she has no proof. Now, what's the tzad to believe her? I mean, you need aidas. So that basic idea is there's no way a woman would be so brazen to make that up and lie to her husband's face. So if a woman is telling her husband that you have divorced me, even though she's missing the get, she's claiming she lost it, so she has nothing to substantiate her claim, perhaps the very brazenness itself to come up and assert such a thing is a reason why she should be believed. On the other hand, perhaps not. She doesn't have any proof to what she's saying, so we shouldn't allow her to remarry without proof. So the Gemara says, Amar Tashma, let's see from our Mishnah. What happened? Amar what happened? When she, when she says that, it become defiled. She says she was raped. So what did we say? Originally, she was believed. Even like the, the end of the, the ultimate conclusion of the Mishnah Akrona, where we say she's not believed. is only there because she might lie. Why are we concerned that she might lie? Because her husband will not know if she's telling the truth. She's comfortable with the lie because she's going to say I was defiled. Her husband doesn't recognize that that's not true. How does he know what happened to her? Therefore, the Rabbana were concerned that we shouldn't believe her unless she proves that what she's saying is the truth. Maybe she's lying to get out of it because the husband will not know that she's lying, so she's comfortable doing it. In the case where she tells her husband, you have divorced me. The husband will clearly know if he divorced her or not. Ma'am, that she's believed. There's no way that she would be so brazen to lie directly to her husband's face and claim that, she, that he divorced her if he did not. So this is the idea, even like the Mishnah Achreina, <coughs> that a woman is not meant to say that she was raped, that's only because we're concerned she's lying because her husband wouldn't know the truth. But in the case where she's so bold to say to her husband, you have divorced me, there's no thought she's not telling the truth. No woman, that's just human nature. No woman would lie so brazenly to her husband. Such a fascinating thing. Where Muna's idea psychologically is that a person wouldn't have the courage to lie so brazenly. And if therefore they say to her husband, you have divorced me, that itself is like a proof and assumption that she is telling the truth. However, not everyone agrees with this. Amalei Rabba, Rabba told Rabba Muna, Adarabba, let's say the, the opposite. I feel even like the Mishnah Mishona, where we originally believed the woman to say that she was defiled. There, it's the reason she's believed is because she's saying something which is disgracing herself. She's admitting that she's been raped. So that's not something you would disclose unless it's true. It's embarrassing to her. In the case of a divorce, it's in the talk of Gavra. She might just strong to have a very strong, intimidating thing, and she says, "You know what? I'm going to step, step I'm going to stand up to my husband and lie." Mizu mizu. She might be brazen enough and lie to his face. So the thing is that maybe just the opposite. Maybe people are brazen. People will lie. The reason why people originally believed her in the Mishnah when she said that she was raped is because 
um, is because she's disclosing something which is embarrassing to herself. So that's the reason that she wouldn't say it unless it was true. So according to Rava, the key for the Nehmanus and the Mishnah is to disclose something embarrassing you wouldn't do if it, unless it's true. But to claim your divorce is not an embarrassing thing. I, why would she be so brazen? Maybe people brazenly lie. So two opposing views whether or not a woman is Neman to tell her husband that, that he divorced her. Now we ask a kashan rava mazav ramishasha. It says hashemayim bini yivincha mishnah mishonet yiv to the rava. What about the claim hashemayim bini yivincha where she claims that her husband is impotent? So what was the din? And mishnah mishonet we used to believe her. So halacha the list like sufa. She's not embarrassed here. She's not saying anything embarrassing about herself. The opposite. She's saying that the husband is impotent. It doesn't say anything that's embarrassing about her. Yet she is still believed. So I see that the basis in the Namanas isn't only because she's saying something which is embarrassing. She's still believed. So we should, we, we we're asking Robert. We should say the same thing about saying divorce. She should be believed because the brazenness proves that she's believed. And you don't need the variable that it's only when she discloses something which is embarrassing that that's why she believes. Because Haraya, when she says that her husband is impotent, she's believed in the Mishnah Rishona. So the Gemara says, no, because there, it's not enough to say that there's impotence. She has to get detailed. She'll be pressed for the facts and she has to say that when, that when he, that when he emits seed in me, it doesn't shoot like an arrow. Has, in other words, even though it's not something embarrassing in her, but the conversation, the details of it are something that people are uncomfortable discussing. So therefore, she wouldn't say it unless it was true. If it wasn't the way she was said, she never would have said it to her husband. So the point of what we're saying is that since it's about the details, the nature of the conversation is embarrassing, so even though it's not something personally embarrassing to her, but it reflects truth because she wouldn't go there unless it was true. Masha'ingin divorce where it's nothing embarrassing to her and it's not an awkward, uncomfortable conversation. She's just saying that she was divorced. We don't have enough of a basis to believe her. So we have defended Ratham. Now the Gemara comes along with the opposite challenge. What about with the, where, where the wife said, in the Mishnah, again, where she's claiming the husband's impotent, in the Mishnah, what's the halacha? We don't believe her. She knows whether or not he's impotent. And he knows. We should assume that he's aware of whether or not his seed shoots like, like an arrow. We see that she's not believed. What's the point? The point is that since we have concerns that why she's saying it, so she's not believed, even though she's saying something so brazen that her husband would know whether or not she's lying. We see that like the Mishnah Rona, she's not Nema. So how could it be? How could it be that Rabbi Muna says that when a woman tells her husband, you divorce me, she's Nema, even like the Mishnah Rona, why? What was the basis of Rabbi Muna? Because it's such a brazen thing to say it to her husband because her husband would recognize if it was true or not. But how, where she says your, your semen is not shooting like an arrow, so she, her husband recognizes whether it's truthful or not, and she's still not believed. So why don't we say the same thing about divorce, that she should not be believed, the Kashmir Rabbi Muna. So the Gemara defends, the wife says to herself, they need to be a yada. Maybe Mazrin knows about what the relations, the way it happens. But Biyorka hates miyada. He doesn't know the details of the way that his semen shoots. Only the woman is able to understand it, but not she. That's why she's more comfortable lying about it. So actually, she doesn't think that her husband will recognize their falsehood. By you divorce me, there's no way the husband would think that, uh, that <coughs> the husband wouldn't be aware of her falsehood if it was false. So there, she wouldn't do it unless it was true. Mashenkin Yorikachetz actually might be something where the woman reasons to herself that her husband simply is unaware and she can get away with her lie. So after all is said and done, we have a machlokes, whether or not a woman is believed to say 
that, that to her husband that he divorced her. On the one hand, perhaps she is Neman because she's saying something directly so brazenly to the husband that the husband would be aware whether or not it was a lie. On the other hand, perhaps she should not be Neman because the whole basis of Neman is a woman wouldn't admit something embarrassing. But since it is not embarrassing to say that she got divorced, perhaps there's no basis for Neman and she shouldn't be believed. Says the Gemara story. He said so there was a woman the Choyoma the Tashmik Hadma Mashiach Gavra. Every day after after Bia, meaning if they had Bia night in the following morning, she would wake up early in the morning and she would wash his hands for him as a sign of affection. So it was an indication that they had Bia if she'd wash her hands. One day she brings him the water to wash his hands in the morning. So it sounds like she was thinking that they had had relations the night before. Amallah, he said to her, Hadam but Bia, we didn't do last night. Why are you washing my hands? I thought we only do this after Bia. We didn't have Bia last night. Amr she said, in Cain, well, wait a second. I know I slept with somebody. And if you're saying it wasn't you, so then Chabin Nakrim, Ayule must be one of these merchants who were selling the perfume. They were around yesterday. It must be that one of them slept with me. If it wasn't you, then maybe it was one of them pretended to be you. So now the Shaila is that she muttered to her husband. Because basically... In this scenario, um, in this scenario, <coughs> and we're assuming that their husband was a coin. So, so even if she made a mistake, she'd be also to him. She's saying, the husband is saying he didn't have Bia, and she's saying she did. So if it's not from him, she must have had Bia with someone else who was around, which means that even if it was a mistake, she should become also to her husband, if we would believe her claim. No, we assume that she just has her eyes set on somebody else, so we don't believe her. In other words, we go like the Mishnah, one of the Mishnah. We assume that the whole thing was just a whole trick to get her to, to, to pretend like she'd had Bia with somebody else because her husband wouldn't say she didn't, and then she would say, What do you mean it was somebody else? The whole thing is a trick <coughs> that she's trying to get out of it, relationship, and marry somebody else, and that's why we go like the Mishnah, and we don't believe her. Very similar story. There was a woman who was not happy with her husband one day. Amalai said to her, Inna, my was different. Because you never caused me pain like we did last night when we had Bia. In other words, she was saying that they'd had relations the night before and it had been very painful for her. So Amalai said to her, What are you talking about? We didn't have Bia yesterday. We didn't have Bia. What are you talking about? Amalai, she said, Must be those merchants, those guys who were selling the nafta, they were here today and I must have had Bia with one of them. Them. Antlo, if it wasn't you, maybe it was one of them, and they pretended to be you because I know that I had Bia. So again, the same question is she muttered to her husband, or Nakhon said, don't pay attention to her, she just set her eyes upon somebody else, and she's making up the whole thing just to get the divorce. Says There was a man who was in the house together with his wife. I'll also, then this man, let's just clarify over here. <coughs> it wasn't uh, wasn't the husband. All also married the base. Suddenly, the owner of the home comes into the house. Party no of The adulterer broke through in front of the husband, and he left. So instead of hiding, he went through one of the walls, which were there, right in front of the husband, and he ran away. So the shaila is like this. Normally, when a woman secludes herself, with, a married woman secludes herself with a man, she doesn't become usher. It's not, we say, you know, she has a cheskas kashras. We don't assume just because she did the wrong thing and she was alone together as a married woman with a, another man that she becomes usher. Unless it's a sota case where she was warned. Okay, but except for that, she doesn't become usher. So the shyly is though, here, maybe, maybe it looks really bad. Why does it look really bad? Because the guy runs away. So perhaps since he's finding 
um, since he's finding her like this, so perhaps we should say that it's a strong hashash that uh, actually his wife had committed the adultery. It's a shy. The wife is mother. Because if this adulterer had done the sin, he would have hidden. He wouldn't have been exposing himself. If he was a real adulterer, he would have hidden in the house. Right? And he wouldn't have had the shame you know, disclosed to the husband. So therefore, we have to say the fact that he wasn't embarrassed, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's grounds to say that he's not really, uh, that he's not really an adulterer. Okay, very good. So the Rishonim here really struggled to understand, even without this point. Uh, let's say, you know, the guy would have been hiding. Do we really have to be choshesh that she was mezana? I mean, Lamaiso, if there's no kinoi, there's no kinoi, then just because of the fact that she secluded itself, normally we say, that doesn't answer. So, 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 so what, just because the husband was, just because this guy was hiding, now we have to be choshesh that the guy is answer? It's really not so clear. Um, what, what exactly the scenario is. Some of the Rishonim go and say that the case must be that the woman was admitting that she'd been defiled. And uh, perhaps it makes more sense to believe her here because there was a guy who ran away. So even like the Mishnah that normally you don't believe the woman, maybe here since there was a guy who ran away, maybe it's worse. Maybe that's the shot here. But we're saying since he ran away and he didn't hide, so it's not necessarily grounds to suspect that he did it. And I, she said it, that's the Mishnah Chorna, that we don't believe her. Says the Gemara, another story, last story. Who know if there was an adulterer, we call him an adulterer before he even did it. He comes into the house of a woman, meaning it's a, he's not the husband. There's a married woman and he comes around. Also, the husband comes home. And he went, this, this adulterer goes behind the curtain. He's trying to hide himself. As it sounds like he actually tried. He comes in with intent to sleep with the married woman. But now that the husband comes home, he's hiding behind the curtain. There was some plant of cress lying there and a snake, a poisonous snake had tasted from this crest while the husband was away. And the Noah, the adulterer, was aware of this. And now he sees that the husband comes home and he's about to eat it. He's going to eat some of the crest, but he'll die without knowing the insult of his wife. So the adulterer, he screams out from, the, from the, behind the curtains, don't eat this because the snake ate it. Meaning he was concerned that maybe the husband would eat it and he would die. So ironically, the adulterer is actually protecting the life of the husband. So the shayla is, what does this prove? <coughs> the husband now realizes there's an adulterer behind the curtains. Should he be concerned that the wife is also to him? Again, it sounds like there's a strong hashash to, be, to say it. Maybe the case is the woman said she was defiled, or maybe just the fact that he's there gives us a strong concern that they had to be a... But here, he saved the husband's life. So is that proof that he's not an adulterer? The wife is mother because he needs not have Had he really slaps with her, he, would have, he wouldn't have saved the husband's life. He would have preferred that the husband would eat the, the poison and die. That day he committed adultery and there's blood on their hands. Meaning to say that you would want, someone who's committed adultery, you would want the husband to die so that you can marry her. So from the fact that the adulterer screams out from behind the curtains, don't eat it because it's poisonous, that itself is a proof, it's a riot that he didn't do the adultery. And if it's a proof he didn't do the adultery, so then... The wife is mother. Frankly, Marb Shita, it's so obvious. Obviously, a real adulterer wouldn't have let, um, wouldn't, wouldn't have screamed out. And if he did, it's a proof he's not an adulterer. Says the Gemara, fascinating, have a mean amount of him, he's your You may have said, really, he did do the adultery. I had to this that he told the husband not to eat it. He actually wants that the husband doesn't die. He prefers the adultery when it's forbidden. A person doesn't want the husband to die and becomes mother because sin tastes better. It has more of a geschmack when it, when he has to sneak around because the husband is alive. There's an idea the wife should be stolen waters that are sweeter and secret bread is more pleasant. There's a concept. 
psychologically, that it's more enjoyable when it's mind ganuvim, when it's stolen, when it's forbidden. So you would have said, that's why he's saving the husband's life. Actually, Fakir, he wants the husband to be alive because he is the adult, he is the adulterer, and therefore, we should still be choshish that the wife was defiled. Kamash Mullah and Rabbi told us, no, we don't say this. Actually, if he saves the life, we say that he, that, that he wants the husband alive, not because he's an adulterer, but to the contrary, the Kamash Mullah is because he's not an adulterer, and therefore the wife is permitted. It sounds like, again, the same thing. Without this point, you would have said maybe the wife is also, if she admitted it, <coughs> there's a guy hiding in the curtains. It looks so so clearly that she was Mazana, but we say this news far that the guy wouldn't have saved the husband's life if he truly was an adulterer, and therefore the wife is mother.